0: Mazza With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry. Me, what's up, Jerry? Oh, not much, Pat. How you doing this fine Monday evening? Uh man, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. We just came off a b uh, and update. We'll get into that in a few minutes. Um, but first, as always, we want to thank Hipsters of the Coast for bringing you guys Leaving a Legacy every Friday to your ears. You can find a ton of awesome content on HipstersoftheCoast.com, uh, including the articles that we're going to be talking about today. We're talking about at least one of them. Uh, Also, you can find us on the Top Decked app as well. If you want to support the show, you can visit patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. You can support the show for as little as a dollar an episode. We have some awesome rewards, stickers, shout outs, play mats, thank you cards and more. Um, I actually have to order some more uh, cards to sign and send out because I went through my stack of 40 some odd cards or whatever. Um, So... Uh, check it out. The link is in the show notes. You, you, uh, so you got to
1: be like me, Pat, and just buy the internet out of your uh, community card. I,
0: I thought forty copies of Charging Badger would be enough, but apparently not. So, I might even change my card. We'll see. We might do an updated card.
1: <laughs>
0: something, something a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I forget what card it was, but there was one card that I wanted to be my community card. I think it was like Greed. And I'm like, eh, these are like a dollar fifty each. This starts adding up like real quick. You should just get humility, but <laughs> something that you don't have. You should have just gotten that. <laughs> I just give out the humilities.
0: <laughs> uh all right. So Jerry, you wanted to lead us off with some editors notes slash corrections from last week, right?
1: Yes, yes. I was I was contacted be- by Because
0: if there's one thing this cast is it's uh, we have extreme journalistic integrity, complete transparency.
1: Yeah, <laughs> good, real good, good sealing that. Uh, I'm very well spoken, Jerry. That was great. That was great, Pat. <laughs> uh, well, first up for our editors' corrections is uh, we wronged one of our listeners, Pat. Uh, Cyrus, a uh, friend of the cast, uh, was so excited for our last episode when we were going over, uh, <laughs> the GP, uh, not the GP, the channel fireball 4k last week. Yeah.
0: The 110 player 4k. Yeah. Like he must've made like $3,000 in that thing. <laughs> Apparently, Well, Cyrus <laughs> was
1: all excited because he came in top 16 and he was eagerly listening to our cast waiting for us to get to the top 16 to hear his name, Uh, be sad and for us to go over his deck list and we just kind of skipped right over it pat (laughs) we did we did
0: um i'm just gonna i'm gonna give this little caveat here
1: (laughs) i believe the cyrus the quote was and there's some and there's some storm decks (laughs) yeah
0: yeah yeah uh listen if you want to ensure that we cover your deck uh, when we go through the top eights, you got to make it in the top eight, all right? So top 16 is great. Don't get me wrong. That's that's a fantastic accomplishment. But if if you come in ninth, man, that's the ninth. I mean, we barely cover eighth place decks. <laughs> you got to make it in the top, to top eight, man.
1: Uh, I also want to say, Cyrus, the spiciest thing about your list is you're running a snow-covered swamp. You're like, <laughs> you know, like, Yo, talk about my list. <laughs> <laughs> Cyrus, I want some more spice out of you, man. Come on. <laughs> um, also, uh, correction is, remember last week when we were talking about the food chain list? And I said, oh, I think this is our friend Nick Cummings. And then i like, like, uh, maybe it's not because I searched for him and I couldn't find it. Right, Turns out right, right. it was I just spelled his name wrong in the search, and that's why he didn't come up. <laughs> Did you spell the dirty way, Jerry? Yep, I'm terrible. I'm the worst. Uh, but he actually sent in a rebuttal to uh, some of our comments that we made last week. Ooh. Um, all right.
0: Do you have a little a little note here you're going to read to us? Uh, he sent me I don't, a note, uh, yeah. Full, all right, full disclosure, I don't remember the comments we made last week, so
1: maybe I need to go back and listen to that episode. So we were talking about Food Chain, and we noticed that he wasn't running uh, Walking Ballista. Right. Uh, which has really been kind of like the more popular way to finish the game. Um, so we commented on that. And then also we kind of got in some digs at the end saying that food chain was just a, a bad allure in deck.
0: Oh yeah. We did say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you remember. <laughs> yeah. I do remember. I actually didn't say that. You said that, but I, I certainly laughed cause I thought that was pretty funny. I, th- I still think it's funny.
1: <laughs> uh, well Nick, Nick messaged me with, uh, his take on it. So I just wanted to say both sides of the story here. um, So, not playing Walking Ballista lets you play Shardless Agent, which makes your plan B that much better. Mm -hmm. Um, And Snaring Bridge is really easy for the deck to beat, um, so it doesn't need the Walking Ballista win condition. Basically, I think he's just saying that you don't need your attack step, um, you know, that much. Walking Ballista, we said, was a reason the deck played it, because you got to skip your attack step entirely and just win with uh, pinging them to the face. Um, And he says, uh, I've played hundreds of matches of both Aluren and Food Chain, and Food Chain is just more powerful. Aluren's plan B is very poor, and the deck just can't beat a Leovold. Um, Mm -hmm. I've played a lot with Ballista, and it just really doesn't add much, and I think the reason it's so popular is inbred deck building. Ballista is only good against fair decks when you don't have infinite mana, and the Food Chain crushes fair decks already. Um, and by playing Emmercool with the Fierce Empath, that's what he's running in the Walking Ballista uh, slot. Uh, it gives you a lot of game against uh, uh, show-and-tell decks. So that was his uh, his reasoning for running the deck uh, like he ran it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just wanted a full transparency, get it all out in the open. Uh, all right, are we moving on from there? Yeah, no, that was all. I just wanted to awesome.
0: throw that in there. Awesome. Uh, so we want to talk about our week in legacy. Last week, Jerry, we got to do a little bit of a of a stream together. We did. We did. Thank, it was... Thanks to our awesome uh, uh, Patreon family. Uh, but yeah, so we got a chance to to stream some Men of Steel, Jerry. How did you feel that stream went? Because I have some thoughts.
1: Man, I was so excited to play that deck before we entered the league. <laughs> And then we played the league, and I'm like, just like, how is this, not even a monocolor, just this zero-color deck, how is the mana base this bad?
0: Man, it really was rough,
1: right? Like, our, our draws, I feel, were subpar every time we play, we drew a hand. I don't know if yeah, we just got, I mean, like, terrible luck for five matches in a row. I'm not gonna lie, man. Well we only played we only played three matches, right? Oh yeah, yep, yeah. We played. Uh, it three felt like then. five.
0: Yeah. We didn't play three, but I um I did I did end up playing like the the last two matches um the next night and had like better draws for sure, but mm-hmm. still not like man, I just thought the deck was gonna be a lot more explosive and maybe we were again just hedging kind of on the wrong side there. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I mean, we got some explosive hands. Like, we got hands like uh, City of Traders, Arcbound Ravager, Lotus Petal, Mox... Uh, I think it was Mox Diamond, like, mm-hmm. fans. So mm-hmm. we were getting, like, Turn 1, Arcbound Ravager, Steel Overseer, and it just didn't matter. <laughs> like, right. Our opponents were like, oh, that's cute. Kill you. <laughs> it just
0: felt like there was no, like, follow-up. Like, we'd have, like, an initial, like, two-card dump, and then... We we're just like bricking off the top of our deck.
1: Right. And I every felt- time
0: we like we had with no removal it was also very wanna, difficult yeah. to, to win. I want to disfigure
1: right? or not disfigure dismember yeah. every dismember. single game we played.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is this by the way we were piloting the Artifact stompy deck the Menace Steel deck that Amadeus Gruen took to a second place finish at MKM Series Frankfurt. Um so we ran into I mean first of all we ran into some mana problems just in general. Uh, the deck runs four four tomb, four city, two inventors fair, which like I think we only activated once. Yeah. Um, two Caracas, four factory, and four wasteland. Um, the the deck runs twenty four creatures, and it just didn't feel like it was that many. Four Arkbound Ravager, two walkers, two lodestone golems, uh, four revokers, four overseers, four vault scourge, and four walking ballista. I did feel like vault scourge and ballista overperformed in that deck yeah I'd i really that. liked both of those i felt like revoker we only drew it like once or twice i think and the. i don't i don't recall us playing it and naming anything actually relevant in the deck we were mm-hmm. playing against right and um, like we
1: were playing against like stoneforge decks and we still just like didn't yeah. care that much about revoker
0: yeah yeah it was like a it was just a rough it was a rough go um, and then, obviously, he's running four chalices, four lotus petals, three mox opals, one sort of fire and ice, and then four thorns. So, like, I saw um, one of our friends emailed us um, his list that he was playing in paper. I can't remember who it was now, and I, I apologize for forgetting your name. But one of our listeners uh, did email us.
1: I think it was Rich. His screen name was Spoonerman, right?
0: Oh, that's right. Yes, I think yeah, he yeah. Rich, He's in yeah. on the on the Discord channel. That's yeah. correct. Okay. See, I know we have a, like a few different ways that we talk to people, so it's hard for me to to keep track of everyone. But um, he did email us on the uh, or send us a message on the Discord channel, and his um his list seemed a little bit more interesting to me, or at least uh, something that I would I would be more akin to play because like Sword of Fire and Ice never felt like we got there with that card,
1: right? Yeah, I definitely feel like the Sword of Fire and Ice should have been Umazawa's Jite instead. Yes, I completely agree. Um, but yeah, the sword. I just felt like the deck was working against itself in a lot of ways. Like mm-hmm. we would get like Thorn of Amethyst down, and then we would top deck our Sword of Fire and Ice, and just even though yeah <laughs> our deck is like insane mana acceleration, we still couldn't play Sword of Fire and Ice. Like right. we got mana screwed almost every game, and we did. I think we a did. big part of it was we were we were really heavy drawing our City of Traders. But we're also running four City of Traders. That's going to happen.
0: See, I felt like maybe that was too many City of Traders. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know how stock of a list these are, like how how fleshed out these lists are, you know, but it felt like we had uh, like
1: two copies too many of City of Traders. Mm, See, it's just so hard because you want to maximize the turn one chalice. Like, I feel this is how the deck got to top eight of the MKM was it just got turn one chalice as often as possible. Yeah. And I don't think we ever got a turn one chalice in any of our games.
0: No, I don't think we did. I did get them... um... In the games I played on my own, which made the games uh go a lot they were much easier to play that way. <laughs> Turn one chalice is very good against a lot of decks.
1: It is, it is. It, it also
0: like I felt like a lot of times we weren't able to protect our creatures, obviously. Um, and I feel like chalice does a does a job of that on its own. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Right. Um But yeah.
1: Yeah. But the deck's interesting, it's just I, I maybe we just got terrible luck with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It was it was just a rough go.
1: Yeah. Also, you just were giving me non-stop stop heart attacks, the way you interact with Oh, yeah. Players. You definitely
0: don't like the way that I click. Uh, <laughs> I cl- well,
1: it's also... I, I didn't really realize it looking at the list until we sat down and played it, just how intricate some of the uh, technical skills are with the deck, just stacking triggers. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. There was definitely a couple times that I...
0: I miss stack triggers without thinking of it because a lot of times it doesn't matter that much, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, that definitely happened at least a couple times. Um, so, uh, well, some some things that would have gotten fleshed out, um, like had you know, have we played more than just three matches with the deck? Um, and it, it can be tough sometimes too to like take a deck you've played like literal zero games with and just take it into Magic Online. Um, can be a little rough sometimes because it's it's somewhat unforgiving. Of of an environment to learn a deck, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Um, Especially, like, anything with Arcbound Ravager. Like, things can get crazy if you're not
0: playing super
1: close attention, you know. Yeah. Uh, There's just a lot of activations and sacking and moving counters and activating Steel Overseer to put counters on everything. It just, it was a lot, like, looking at the list, it just seems super straightforward, which, you know, Mm. it is a linear deck. Like, you just go to the face right right but like the technical know-how behind it is actually more complex than you would expect first looking at it yeah i i can't find spooner's list unfortunately on discord
0: i was just searching for it and and could not find it anywhere um but uh if he wants to send it to us again i would love to to go down it because it felt like a list i'd be more comfortable playing like i really liked having i think he had a dismember in the board none in the main but he was also running like we were talking about Jite in the main instead of Sort of fire and ice, which I like a lot better. I I really didn't like a, a sort of fire and ice in that deck. And and again, you know, this is a deck that is playing paper in Europe, which is a lot different than Magic Online. You know what I mean, as far as the metagame goes. So, um, you know, a lot of those a lot of those tweaks, maybe for the you know, storm heavy metagame that that you expect out of out of Europe. Uh, I played some test games, um, with uh with sneak and show just in like the tournament practice room, just to like kill some time the other day. I didn't feel like playing anything that was even remotely, you know, like any stakes involved. So I was just jamming some games in the, uh, in the practice room and I played against someone. Like I always play like the uh, tournament practice because it's at least you're going to be playing tier one decks. And like, I played against someone who like goes turn one, um, dismal blackwater, and gain a life. And I'm like, uh, all right. And then turn two, basic swamp uh meanwhile like i go like i go turn one like um some fetch land and like and like i preordain in my first turn and then uh turn 2 i play basic basic mountain and a lotus petal anyway the long story short of it is, is like turn three i have a sneak attack out Grizzlebrand and emerald and they've only played a sinkhole to sinkhole my my uh my city of traders and uh i just like we're like we're not playing the same type of legacy game here um but uh but yeah so that was that was fun i just I crushed someone in the tournament practice room with uh no stakes attached, so that was my uh that was the only other magic I played that wasn't streamed this week but uh yeah, it was fun it was fun to to get some games that with sneak and show that deck is a lot of fun to play uh so uh next on the list um there was no uh abandoned restricted update for legacy or I should say no changes for legacy made uh on the on uh Monday here so um Jerry, you happy with that sad about that I mean I know that we this is Legacy doesn't get a lot of changes right and that's good I I appreciate that Mm -hmm. did you think that it was time for a change you think that we're in a good spot right now what do you think
1: yeah I don't see any reason why anything would change right now like Deathrite Shaman probably should be banned but now it's not the right time for it so it's fine I mean bigger news is the modern unbannings.
0: Yeah, so we're, I mean, we're not going to go too far into this because this is a legacy podcast, but it, it does have a little bit of an impact just because card prices are going to jump around a little bit. Um, so I'm sure you guys all know that Jace the Mind Sculptor, better than all, and Bloodbraid Elf uh, were both unbanned in modern. I think a lot of people have been calling for these unbannings for a long time now. Um, people seem to feel that modern is in a really good place right now. Uh, just coming off a pro tour, pro tour that was extremely diverse that Lantern took down. Um, I Some people are a little bit a little bit perturbed that they decided to make a big shakeup in the format. I don't think that Jace is that big of a deal in the format. Um, There are answers to Jace. It is a creature heavy format. Uh, People win with creature combat. I don't think it's a huge deal to have a turn for Jace in modern. Jerry, do we have to talk about this anymore? Can
1: we just move on? Yeah. Why are you skipping ahead? What's wrong with you? Come on. Uh,
0: I mean, obviously the prices on Jace's have gone up to like $150. Please (laughs) listen. If you need Jace for your modern deck, like, borrow them. Don't buy them right now. They're going to come crashing back down. It's in Masters 25. It's it's gonna not It's not going to be a four of in Modern. It probably won't even be a three of. It'll be, like, a two of and in, like, and like, a blue-white control deck, and that's it. So, please, if you need Jays for Legacy, just wait it out. Let all the uh, people who spec on Jays and Bloodbraid make some money and pick them up in a couple months. You'll be able to get them for I, a fraction of the price that people are paying right now for
1: them. I just want to say foiling out sneak and show pays dividends yet again
0: it only pays <laughs> dividends jerry if you sell the cards If you keep the cards it's irrelevant you realize it, you realize that's, it, right?
1: that's not how dividends work pat <laughs> i am
0: sorry so i feel like you should know how dividends work because you that's your job i'm just saying that i feel like it's not how it works
1: yeah see that's why i'm the expert and you're the layman
0: that's true that's true
1: um i am more pumped about all these bloodbraid elves that have been sitting in a box under my bed for the last year when i specced on uh <laughs> the reserve list
0: last year well we specced on them together so you owe me half the profits that uh, i don't remember those that. are dividends those are dividends
1: <laughs> you still owe me a play set of, I, I don't do, know a draft set of something i do still owe you a draft set i do still owe you a draft set of uh,
0: of Modern Masters twenty of twenty seventeen
1: maybe when a uh, Modern Master well no when a uh, Modern Masters twenty five comes out we can do a uh, draft stream on uh... yeah
0: oh that would be sweet we actually should do like a draft uh, speaking of they they've like all right Magic Online changes kind of bummed about the family oh, yeah. the Phantom drafts I mean we, again we don't have to get huge into that because it's not. It's it's legacy adjacent, I guess. Because you spent the of entire those...
1: last episode talking about football. I don't think you get to talk about what's relevant Jerry, to
0: legacy. It was the Super Bowl. The Patriots are in the Super Bowl. Tom Hep is a dear friend of ours. He <laughs> wanted to talk about his dear Eagles. I, I think it was a it was a good episode. And you know what? I'm also going to say this. All you fucking nerds out there who are like, oh, they're talking about sports ball. You know what? Go on your podcast, and you can talk about legacy every week for fifty-two weeks, and not stray from the topic. Okay, <laughs> you. When you're done with your podcast, send it to me. I'll be happy to listen to it. <laughs> oh, you about
1: sports. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right i don't I, I I was one of those people.
0: <laughs> I feel like you were doing it ironically though there was someone who was like oh, i've never I've never missed an episode I had to fast forward twenty minutes. It was a two hour episode, <laughs> okay It was a two hour episode
1: uh sports ball. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. For people who didn't know, uh, sports ball is a trigger for Pat. He like <laughs> goes into a blind rage when someone says sports ball.
0: <laughs> also, Jerry, you said that there was an update, at, which I couldn't find, but I heard people talking about it, about how um, the 5-0 League decks are going to be posted to you. So previously, Watsy was doing what? They were kind of like... Um, uh, cultivating what they wanted to see out of the the, the five oh decks. Like, they were trying to find different archetypes. They had to be, like, X cards different from each other. Is that
1: what was going on? Yeah, it was some bullshit. I mean, this is a, a big problem with Watsy. It's like, uh, people are solving our standard formats too fast, so we're going to restrict access to information. It's like, restricting access mm-hmm. to information is never a good thing. Um, if you don't want your standard formats to be solved so quickly, stop designing such, you know lopsided, easily broken standard sets that need nine bannings in nine months in order to keep stable. Right. So, I mean, Wizards uh, has a long history of, you know, kind of reducing our ability to see what's going on, or at least, you know, to their extent. Like, I think if Wizards had the opportunity, they would just get rid of the internet. (laughs) Like, oh, people are figuring out all these deck lists by sharing them online. It's like, that's got to go. Um, so wizards in an attempt to kind of placate the people who have been calling for all the information. Uh, I know Jeff Hoogland has been a big proponent of releasing all the information. And I think he tweets wizards at least once a day asking for deck lists, um, <laughs> and their desire to hide as much information so that people don't solve standard, um, as quickly as, as they have been. Um, they're kind of redoing it where before they were sending like five decks, that were kind of hand-picked from each format. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to post every single unique deck that 5-0s a league, um, but they're not going to tell you how many of them there were. So say in a Legacy League, there's like twenty five O 5 Grixis Delvers, uh, like five Miracles, five Reanimator, five uh, Sneak and Show, and then a bunch of other like random brews. You're going to see one example of Grixis Delver, one example of Miracles, one example of uh, Sneak and Show, one example of Reanimator, and then all of the random brew 5 O's. So it looks like they are all kind of like the same amount in the metagame, even though that is not how the percentages shake out at all. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of good news for Legacy in that now we get to see these random brews that we normally wouldn't see. Um, because they're going to be unique enough that they're going to show up on the list. It's probably going to be the only example of them that we'll see, but just the fact that these these decks aren't getting lost in the shuffle anymore is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, The big problem that everyone's complaining about is that we don't know what the meta really looks like, because... We could think that, oh, the meta's healthy, there's like 50 different decks that you can play, 50 different decks are 5-0-ing, but in reality, like 90% of the 5 os could be Grixis Delver. We just don't mm-hmm. know that. So, I mean, it's, it, it's progress. It's definitely not everything we'd like, but at, at least now we get to see these random cool brews that we wouldn't see before. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm more in favor of just releasing everything
0: so we can get a view of what the online metagame is. I don't think it's very fair to players to like. I. I. I don't want to. Maybe not. Maybe fair is the wrong word. But like, if people are paying money to get into a to play like you know a tournament, you know into a a, a league, I think it's only fair for people to know what is being played in those leagues. I don't think it's cool to hide that information, especially in a, in a, in legacy and modern. Like, I think we should they should just release that information. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I'm not a huge fan of the fact that like you have to go into it blind, you know? Um, especially cause you're putting like time and money on the line. I think that you should know at least what's being played out there, but also like, honestly, who really gives a shit, right? Like, fuck, like I'm not playing magic online to make a profit anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Probably not. Um, yeah, well, I just kind of would like to see the information, just because I think it's interesting, you know.
1: Yeah, that's what kills me. It's like uh, we don't want people to solve standard that quickly, so we're going to restrict your access to legacy decks. It's like yeah, it doesn't really make what? sense to me.
0: <laughs> also, like I feel like <laughs> I don't know, uh, handpicking decks to me is is like is like even worse than. Like, I'd rather I'd almost rather have them not release any decks than like handpick different decks, because, you know,
1: that means there's someone's job at Wizards to just go through deck lists and choose deck lists to post like talk about a dream job. First of all, uh, like, that is not I, I wouldn't call that a dream job at all. All you, you get, get all you do is just job. pour over deck lists all day. That would be awesome. I don't know. Um, not not enough. Not enough exercise for you, Pat. Not enough. Fresh air.
0: I don't know i don't I don't think I, I'm not a brewer man. I could not sit like scrolling through deck lists all day. I would lose my mind. I can barely find like the latest top eights and scan through those Ooh. I don't even go into the I don't even go into the top sixteen. I just look at the top eights <laughs> well you know it's it gets Cyrus.
1: A lot, it gets a lot easier Pat once you learn how to read they they hold well, a lot more weight Books are for nerds, Jerry Sometimes I tell you this <laughs> books are for nerds that's right
0: uh, <laughs> all right so then we have the up the uh, update to the ho the five o decks um well let's move on our friend jeff simpson sent us in a uh a list from vegas which jerry you gotta explain this list to me man i don't know what's going on i here? don't know if i can <laughs> this <laughs> is a spicy list
1: i'm trying to figure out just looking at it um so yeah our friend jeff simpson they had a uh regional tournament out there in vegas and uh this list split top four uh and it is spicy as all hell. So <laughs> we're gonna there's gonna be a couple readers in here. We're gonna read off for uh the folks at home. Um three cabal therapy, four thoughtsies, so seven discard spells, uh four faithless looting, four entomb, four dark ritual. All right, this looks kinda like standard red black so far. You got the seven yeah. discard spells, the faithless looting, entomb, mana acceleration. And we take a left turn with Azor Azor's Gateway. Yeah, Azor's
0: Gateway is a two mana legendary artifact. It's out of uh, Rivals of Ixalan, I think. Uh, you can pay one and tap it to draw a card, then exile a card from your hand. If you, uh, sorry, if cards with five or more different color, different converted mana costs <laughs> are exiled with Azor's Gateway, you gain five life, untap Azor's Gateway, and transform it. Uh, it transforms into Sanctum of the sun, which is a legendary land. You can tap it to add x mana of any one color to your mana pool where X is your life total, which is like a cool that's a cool that's a cool effect right We've like talked the, the about this that's cool.
1: We've talked about this in spoiler season, and I'm like, this card's cool. this card might see some play, boom, it's seeing some play, Pat. Okay, but hold indicated.
0: On. Wait a second. So you gotta you gotta activate this card five at least five times. Well, no,
1: that's where I think I don't actually know how the rules work on this, but the deck's running split cards, and I don't. I does it look at the split cards as two separate cards? Oh,
0: uh, and they just updated the split cards, didn't yeah, they?
1: I I honestly don't know how the rules interaction works with this because but... we're. Right, I
0: remember wear tear used to be great for for miracles, mm-hmm. and then they changed the way that wear tear. I believe it's the combined mana cost. But is you, the mana cost in the card now? But
1: that's like when it's on the stack. This is the card. Is no, actually, it's no,
0: no. That's when it's like even if you flip it off the top of your deck, because that's why tear was so good for miracles, because it was because it was and a, a one, one and a two, right, on top of their deck. But now I believe it raises a three drop when it's when it's revealed. I think it would be a three drop in
1: Azor's Gateway as well. But it's exiled. It's a different zone. Is it looking at the two halves? <sighs>
0: Uh, the converted mana cost of a split card, such as a card with Aftermath from Amonkhet block, is based on the combined mana cost of its two halves. A split
1: card doesn't have two converted mana costs. So is, there you go. Is, is that in... But with that Azor's gateway, so do you announce what card you're exiling with it? Yes, cards are exiled face-up. Okay, so I guess it doesn't... So yeah, I guess he is just Doing it the hard way? Five mana? Yeah. Yeah. Does he have any split cards in this list? Yeah, so that's the other... He's running Cut to Ribbons. Okay. So, Cut to Ribbons is an Aftermath card from Cat. Right. Okay.
0: That's a, it's a sorcery and a sorcery. Cut is a one and a red. Deals four damage to a creature. Ribbons is X black black. It's an Aftermath card. Each opponent loses X life.
1: Right. Casting your graveyard, which... Correct. Just seems really strange. I mean, I think the reason why is it's um, a graveyard. So obviously the deck seems to want to make a shit ton of mana with Azure's Gateway. Um, And then Ribbons allows you to play it from your graveyard. So it's a drain life from your graveyard. So you can make a bunch of mana. And even if you have no cards in hand, as long as Ribbons is in your graveyard, you can win the game from there. Um. You know, kind of comboing with that is they're also running for collective brutality. So you can discard cut, cut to ribbons with collective brutality and still use it for value. Oh, right. On the
0: aftermath the On aftermath the, side. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, like cut is fine. Like four damage, like that kills a Leovold. Like that cut. Sure. Cut can definitely be relevant. Um I just for playing a braid, like having a braid be just like that much better at killing stuff. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I definitely think the main reason it's in the deck is for the flashback effect on ribbons. Sure.
0: Yeah. Um, this deck's also running four Dance of the Dead. I don't know if you if you missed that or not. Yeah, um, I,
1: I was going to come back to that one. Dance of the yeah. Dead is actually like that used to see play in Reanimator before like Exhum was played because mm-hmm. it, it was another animate dead. It's right. one in a black uh, re-animate a creature. It comes into play tapped with a plus one plus one counter on it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and then at the uh, the cre- beginning of your upkeep, yeah, yeah. At the beginning of your upkeep, you have to pay one black to untap it. Right. So the creature doesn't doesn't come into play, uh, tap, but it comes in or untapped, but it comes in with an extra plus one, plus one counter. Um, which is interesting because he's only running one animate dead. I'm um, maybe there's a reason I'm not. Oh, oh, that's spicy. <laughs> He, okay, he's running three walking ballistas. That's why he's running Dance of the Dead over Animate Dead, because Dance of the Dead oh, gives it, it comes a, in as a one one. Right, walking ballista comes in as a one one. So you can once again, once you have a shit ton of mana for Mazer's Gateway, you Dance of the Dead, the walking ballista, it comes into play with a one one, and then you use its abilities to give it more plus one plus one counters. Okay. So that's why he's running Dance of the Dead over Animate Dead. That's <laughs> hmm. uh,
0: also running. Two, so uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of readers in this deck. He's also running two copies of Necromancy.
1: Oh, Necromancy is near and dear to my heart because of the cube. <laughs> yeah, this is a card
0: that I don't know. Uh, it's two in a well, I I know of it, but I am not familiar with it. So let's read it off real quick. Two in a black for an enchantment. You may cast Necromancy as though it had flash. So this is a card that has flash. If you cast it any time as a sword... I'm sorry. If you cast it. Anytime a sorcery couldn't have been cast, the controller of the permanent, it becomes sacrifices at the beginning of the next cleanup step.
1: What? <laughs> so so Necromant, so it's two and a black, right? Two and a black, yeah. yeah. And when yeah. it enters
0: the battlefield, so if, if it's, it's on the battlefield.
1: Two and a black, just as a regular enchantment, it's just an animate dead. The creature comes back. But okay. if you cast it as an instant, say on your opponent's turn in response to attackers, the creature comes into play... Uh, immediately you get to cast it at uh instant speed reanimate spell, but you then have to sacrifice the creature at end of turn. Yeah, okay. So that's that's kind of like the trickiness that it adds to it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, necromancy is basically just like an instant speed uh reanimate spell. Okay. Um, which I think is you relevant for the deck because the deck can win at instant speed with uh. Once it has a bunch of mana, instant speed, walking ballista, in response mm-hmm. to their opponents like tapping out or doing something, mm-hmm. um, Then it's also running two colagons command, which that kind of seems out of place. <laughs> I want to <laughs> say like <laughs> this is in check pile, <laughs> but you know maybe it maybe it has a use in here. Uh, I guess maybe they're like really afraid of artifact hate, like uh, graph digger's cage stuff like that. Yeah, Cage, I can see. It just seems kind of expensive for the deck. But then again, I mean, it is also just about, like, getting Azur's Gateway online. Right, right. Um,
0: uh, one Grizzlebrand.
1: Yeah, so the three Walking Ballista we mentioned before. One Grizzlebrand, just because Grizzlebrand, better than all. Uh, and one Uana, Queen of the Fae.
0: Yeah, Uana, Queen of the Fae <laughs> is uh, three. And then three Dimir, uh so, like, the hybrid blue-black. So six CMC total. It's a legendary creature, a fairy wizard. It's got flying. And for six, for X and then a Dimir, um mana, choose a color. Target opponent exiles the top X cards of his or her library. For each card of the chosen color, exile this way. Uh, create a 1-1 one, one
1: blue and black fairy rogue creature token with flying, and it's a 5-5. Five, five. Really, the point is, is once you have a shit ton of mana, you want to just, just basically, basically mill your opponent. Yeah, mill your opponent. Yeah. yeah. Which... And... Brings us to the next card, right? It was a red herring. Azar's gateway was just to throw you off because oh, now all of a sudden the deck comes into play. World's Gorger Dragon, four copies of World's Gorger Dragon. Jeez. <laughs> the uh, the terrible art with the the Wayne England art what? with the fucking
0: mouth of his tail. What? I so love stupid. That.
1: I love with the oh, the tongue. It's so cool. It's so It's so dumb. It,
0: where like that? No. Is that its butthole? <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> you respect World Gorgeous. Actually, United. I guess, actually, you know what? That's not its tail. That's coming off its wing. Oh, yeah. You can see the tail in the back. That's actually that's its wing. Yeah, that's, that is
1: even dumber. You shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. This, you show respect for World Gorge Dragon, <laughs> formally banned in Legacy for being too good. Card. <laughs> World Gorger Dragon, you hold your tongue. World Gorger Dragon's the real way this deck makes so much mana. Um, for those who don't know, um, the way you set it up is with uh, Dance of the Dead or Animate Dead or Necromancy, for that matter. Um, you. As long as there's another creature in the graveyard, that's very important because otherwise you just loop the game and it goes to a draw. Um, you tap all your mana, float all your mana so it's in your pool. You cast Animate Dead on World Gorge Dragon. World Gorger Dragon comes into play. When World Gorger Dragon comes into play, it says exile all your permanents. Mm-hmm. So you exile all your lands, and importantly, you exile the Animate Dead. Uh, Animate Dead's no longer on uh, World Gorgia Dragon, so World Gorgia Dragon goes to your graveyard. When World Gorgia Dragon goes to your graveyard, all your permanents come back into play untapped. So your lands come into play untapped. Uh, Animate Dead comes back into play. Animate Dead then has you choose targets, and in response to this, you tap your lands, float your mana again, choose World Gorgia Dragon again. World Gorgia Dragon comes back into play. Process repeats itself as many times as you want until you have as much mana as you want. Once you have as much mana as you want, you can then change the target of Animate Dead, or in this case Dance of the Dead, to something like uh, Walking Ballista, where all this mana now uh, lets you shoot your opponent in the face, or uh, Uwana so that you can uh, just mill your opponent out. Mm. So this deck is designed, it's just a combo deck designed to get as much mana as possible and then kill your opponent without ever taking an attack step. So it's cool. I mean, this is kind of like the deck we were we were thinking about uh, seeing when they first announced World Gorge of Dragon being unbanned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's sort of different. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the card is, what it's called, but it's like X two in a blue target player draws X cards. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: isn't that played in, is that played in high tide? No.
1: No, it's it's from Urza Saga. I can picture the oh, okay. art. I just, I can't picture the name of it. It's blue card. But, you know, that was one of the original win conditions. You make a bunch of mana and uh, you just cast that and make your opponent draw their entire deck and lose the game. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of really, I, what I like, just maximizes on um, ways to win the game. You can either ping the opponent to the face with walking ballista. Uh, it can mill them out with Uwana, Queen of the Fae. Uh, or it can also use cut to ribbons to just drain drain life uh, from their opponent if you have it in your graveyard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so this has like three different ways to win the game once you have infinite mana. World Gorge Dragon is your engine to make infinite mana. And I guess if the game goes long and they disrupt you enough, like Azer's Gateway becomes that role. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be really interesting to see this this deck in in motion. Uh, just see how it plays out. Uh, you know, it, it looks cool. Lots of moving pieces. Yeah. And then for the mana base, mana base is pretty standard. Looks like so four Bloodstained Mire, four Polluted Delta, one Badlands, four Swamp, one Mountain. That's <laughs> that's interesting. One Badlands, four Swamp, one Mountain. <laughs> And then one sunscorched desert. What is that again? Uh, that's a that's from Amonkhet, I think, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna assume anything that has desert in its name is from Amonkhet from now until <laughs> the end of time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a card in Urza's Saga called Power Taint. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, uh...
1: Did that come up in your search? I'm,
0: I'm looking for that blue card out of a Saga you're talking about, but I can't find it. Oh. Uh, um so Sunscorched Desert. <laughs> uh Stroke of Genius. Ah, that's what it X is. X
1: two in a blue instant target player draws X cards. Thank yeah. you. I could not remember its name. I didn't But
0: story. honestly, this search was worth it for power taint, so <laughs> I'm gonna save that image so I can use that some some
1: other time. There you go. Um, and uh, Oh man, Sunscorched Desert is another way to win the game Even if you don't have another creature in your graveyard What? Sunscorched <laughs> Desert is when it enters the battlefield It deals one damage to target player So even if you don't have another creature in your graveyard If you do the World Gorge Dragon combo And Sunscorched Desert is one of your lands in play Every time you loop the combo You deal one damage to your opponent until they die so this deck has a fourth way to win the game.
0: So this deck is actually, when you look at it, you're like, oh, my God, this is a hot mess. It's just like, but this is actually pretty cool. It has some pretty slick interactions going on here.
1: It does. It does. I mean, it's really, really reliant on getting the World Gorger Dragon combo off.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like- I think this is why they're running the two Colgons command, because you definitely don't want, like, any graveyard hate shenanigans going on.
1: Right, Exactly. Uh but yeah no it's it's interesting it's cool. Yeah. I might I might sleeve this Don't up. Don't say th- it. What? <laughs> we should put, play this on Magic Online. We should. This has to be like incredibly cheap, right? I'm guessing so. Like unless there's some like random card that's a million dollars in Magic Online for no reason. Like the
0: only thing here that must cost anything are like the Grizzlebrand and the and the three walking ballista. Yeah. Like everything I actually have like almost all the other things. I guess the Liliana of the Veils might be a little bit, but... Wait, where do you this see deck Liliana? Is, oh, in the sideboard. In board. the sideboard, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. can do a different sideboard. But yeah. Wait, maybe this will be the next to the next fucking Leaving Legacy
1: stream, because this is kind of cool. It, it is pretty sweet. Now, next a lot one of clicking, though, is, I imagine. Yeah, next... Oh, yeah. World Gorgeous Dragon on Magic Online is miserable. <laughs> uh, our
0: next stream, though, we got to do Stasis. Oh, you know what? Honestly, Aaron plays that enough. You can just stream with him. Fuck you, man. (laughs) Stasis just doesn't like
1: it doesn't appeal to me, man. Yeah, because you're all about smashing face and sports ball. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Jerry. (laughs) Uh, You know
0: what? Honestly, I think I think my community card is gonna be power taint. <laughs> I don't think I can. I can't really think I can help myself. I love this card so
1: much. Uh, it sounds like rejected Iron Maiden song titles. <laughs> Honestly, like, have you seen the art for
0: this card? Because it kind of looks like an Iron Maiden. Uh, <laughs> Iron
1: I have. Maiden, uh, I actually pulled it up. I'm like, oh, I actually have a bunch of copies of these in my bulk binder. I, there's one of those cards where I like, I looked at and I never like realized what the name of the card was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh, it's, so good. It's, it's it's an so enchantment. Good. For, uh, it's an Enchant Enchantment. One yeah, that's even a blue. better, right? <laughs> yeah, one in a blue. During the upkeep of Enchanted Enchantments controller, uh, that player pays two or loses two life, and then it's cycling for two. You
0: know the problem oh. with this card is? Is that, like... No one has like 40 copies. There's some people, some people have like 15 or, or 20, but no one has like 50 or 60 copies of it.
1: No, no one's stockpiling power taints, Pat. <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. Uh, so good. Ah, too bad, too bad this wasn't. We could have used this as tech in the miracles heyday, throw a power taint on a counterbalance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah alright well thanks Jeff for sending us that spicy list this does yeah. look super cool that's pretty neat uh, finally I have a use for my Uana Queen of the Fae <laughs> that was like my the bane of my existence rule was like Modern Masters 2017 or something like that mm-hmm. every, it felt like every every booster pack that I bought of that it had a Uana was my rare I have like 8 copies of that that I've opened from packs mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do with them <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you can make uh, a bunch of these decks, I guess.
1: Apparently, yeah, I can make eight copies of World War Dragon.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it only runs one Badlands, so yeah.
0: <laughs> um, all right, so moving on, uh, we had a listener question this week, Jerry. Oh, boy. Um, one of our listeners, Alan Coulson, uh, emailed us. Hi, have you all discussed the bug list Jerry has been playing lately? I don't recall it being talked about in any detail. I'm just curious because I'm trying to decide on a second legacy deck to build. Reanimator is a tough road to travel these days. And I'm interested in different builds of bug. Thanks for the cool podcast. Uh so first of all, thanks, Alan, for emailing us. If anyone else has a question, uh long form question, they want to email uh leaving legacy at hipsterthecoast Jerry, do you wanna run down your bug list or do you have it? We can drop it in the show notes or yeah, how do you wanna do this.
1: I can drop it. I have it all handy dandy on top deck tier. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll throw it in the show notes uh, right now. So running down the list, mine's kind of a different version. Um, we have been seeing more traditional versions of Bug Delver start popping up, running uh, Tarmagoyves and Hymn to Torax. Mm-hmm. Um, those are kind of the more Team America style traditional builds. Um, this version that I'm playing is really more of just like a blue black list with a light splash of green. Uh, for abrupt decay and Leovold. Uh but just to run down it, it's uh, four Deathrite Shaman, four Delver of Secrets, one Leovold, one True Name Nemesis, uh, two Germag Angler, and one Tomb Stalker. So thirteen creatures. Uh, really want to maximize the number of instants and sorceries we have so that we can flip Delver as often as possible, uh, because Lord knows I have terrible luck with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so really maximizing on the spells. Uh, four Brainstorm, four Ponder, four Force of Will. That's pretty standard. Um, three Fatal Push, two Abrupt Decay, two Collective Brutality, and one Diabolic Edict main deck for the removal. Um, the, I'm running the Edict main just because this deck has a real hard time with opposing Germag Anglers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, So sometimes you just kind of get into a stalemate situation, uh, whereas, like, Abrupt Decay and Fatal Push can just take care of any small stuff, along with Collective Brutality. Like, Vapor Snag? Mm, no Vapor Snag. It's
0: <laughs> <Just,
1: laughs> good against
0: Germag Angler, man. Uh, well, then they got to re-delve those five They got to fucking find five more cards to delve out
1: And by then you've already
0: killed them with your You've already killed them with your delvers and Price of Progresses
1: it's, play a Vapor Snack, Jerry Yeah, but what happens when you play against, like, Storm it's Power like... Taint <laughs> no uh four days uh did i say it three thoughts like he's farting in the
0: art and that's with all that gas is behind him S-
1: would you stop talking I'm about so- power tape <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> jesus christ uh yeah it's so four days um uh, and then i'm running three thoughts gower Thought Scour is kind of unusual, but uh, I really like it because it's essentially a dark ritual for Gurmag Angler. Um, You mill two cards plus Thought Scour itself. That's three cards in your graveyard that you can delve away, and then it replaces itself by drawing. Um, plus, you know, I, I like doing little tricks with it. I'm running three surgical extractions in the sideboard so I can like thought scour my opponent. If I don't need any cards in my graveyard, hope to hit something good uh, and surgical. Like that's how I beat storm with it. Uh, that we talked about on the cast a little while ago. I thought mm-hmm. scoured my storm opponent. He milled infernal tutor. So I surgical his infernal tutors and he couldn't win from there. Um, so Thoughtscour is just another cantrip that helps you power out your Gurmag Anglers and Tombstalkers. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of running more cantrips and Collective Brutalities to really fill up my graveyard to power out those Gurmags and tra- Tombstalkers, uh, instead of running something like Hymn to Torak, which is a, a more card advantage engine. Um, so it's, it really plays out more as like a blue-black tempo list than a traditional, like, Bug Delver list. Uh, Because, honestly, it's just the two Abrupt Decays and the one Leovold are the only green cards in the deck. And for that, you know, I'm only running one Bayou and two Tropical Islands. And I'm not even entirely happy with that split. I'm running the four Underground Sea, um, four Polluted Deltas, four Misty Rainforest, four Wasteland. And I'm still kind of tinkering with the Fetchland count, the Tropical Island count, and the Bayou count. um, Just because I'm not entirely happy with the mana base right now. I think maybe minus one in one area and adding another in another area to really shore it up a bit. But I've been really happy with the deck list. It's been doing really well for me. Um, I think it's probably what I'm going to play in GP Seattle. Nice. And then, I mean, the sideboard, I, I hate going over sideboards just because it's going to be so meta-dependent. Yeah, yeah very much change. so. Uh, but just throwing it down quickly, just one flusher storm, three Surgical, uh, another Edict, a Life from the Loam, a Maelstrom Pulse, a Toxic Deluge, uh, the fourth Force of Will in the sideboard, a Submerge, two Engineered Explosives, two Pithing Needle, and one Umazawa's Jit. So yeah, that's uh, that's the deck that I've been running. Um, it's been doing great. Um, the Tomb Stalker, I might end up making a third Gurmag Angler, just because I actually found... Double black can sometimes be hard for this deck to to muster, surprisingly really? enough. Yeah. Um, you play, like, really close to the ground, and sometimes, like, you'll have, like, an underground sea and a wasteland, mm-hmm. um, or you'll uh, you'll get stuck with, like, a tropical island. Like, this is also why I'm thinking about maybe subtracting a tropical island, because sometimes you just have, like, a tropical island starter, or you go, like, tropical island, Deathrite Shaman, uh, Delver of Secrets, and then you want to play Tomb Stalker, but you can't because mm-hmm. you only have one black source from the Deathrite Shaman. Um, so, yeah, I was surprised at kind of how awkward the double black could be for uh, Tomb Stalker.
0: Yeah, I guess that it can be a, a big a big boon to Gurmaganglers that it's just the single black.
1: Yeah, single black is huge. It is, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, other than that, that's that's the list. Um, I, I like it. I'd recommend it to people try out. Um it, it kind of goes over the top of Grixis Delver, which I really like. Uh, your threats match up a bit better to them. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you have, you know, Leovold and True Name uh, to kind of seal the deal as well. And Collective Brutality is just a hell of a card. I kind of yeah. wish I could fit more copies of Collective Brutality into the list. Um, the one thing, the one thing that I miss with this list that I wish it had access to is Pyroblast. Just the number of times, like, I've wanted to kill a Jace or counter a Show and Tell. Like, Pyroblast is so good in the meta right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I really think you should be running Pyroblast if able. Yeah. And uh, it is something that, you know, I almost kind of, like, splashing is not an option just because it would stretch the mana base too thin. But that is kind of the one benefit that I feel Grixis Delver has over this list is the access to uh, Punishing Fire, uh, not Punishing hmm. Fire, uh, Pyroblast. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I'll, uh, we'll throw the list in the show notes and if people have more questions, I'm not really sure you know, exactly what people are wondering about the deck other than what we've talked about already. But if you have kind of more detailed questions, lines of play or anything like that, feel free to hit me up. Yeah. Email the show, leaving a legacy at
0: hipstersofthecoast.com. So uh this Saturday, Jerry, we got the gaming Etc. one
1: K happening, right? You going to that? I am going to that. I practiced last weekend at Scholars. Now how did Scholars go? Uh Scholars was okay. Unfortunately only eight people showed up for oh, it. Oh man. What a bu- that's a
0: that's like a bummer, but also great EV but i'd rather see i'd rather see a better turnout for the store because
1: i know that right? sucks for the store also like Kyle the owner is a great guy and i i want him to succeed with it of course um, yeah but yeah i don't i don't know why like what maybe people are just like there's too much legacy like we mm-hmm. have oversaturation because there is a legacy 1k every week this week or not every week every weekend this yeah. month that is the proper units of time that i meant to say yes those are all units of time of course units of time uh well, so go ahead uh, I was just saying I think maybe people were just burned out so we only got eight people show up well also because uh, Eric fr- uh, was streaming it from wormwood Wyr- games or oh nice uh, he's one of the founders of wormwood games uh, he set up his like stream um, so I actually had the round one feature match uh, in which I was promptly destroyed by uh, ad nauseam Tendril. or no by the epic storm. Ugh. So yeah, I was so when I showed up and I saw that there were only five people, so I came with Bug Delver because mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, gonna get these reps in, gonna practice with it. This is what I'm gonna do, and then I saw that there was oh, seven other people, so like. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you some audible. i to get some free wins with Sneak and Show today. Uh, you
0: never audible, Jerry. You never audible, man.
1: Uh, but it, I mean, they're both decks I'm uh, super familiar with. Like I yeah, feel but you equally don't audible, good. Man. I felt equally good with both decks, and then I saw they're like, oh, there's eight people, four round tournament. Let's do this free yeah. wins. Yeah. So how did you end up doing on the day? Uh, so round one, I played against Adna- uh the Epic Storm, and I milled to five. Because that's just apparently what Sneak and Show does. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I think there's a recording of it, uh, but we kind of just went back and forth for a while until he stripped my hands of all the counter magic and then just killed me. Um, round two, I played lands and I was able to crush lands. Uh, that's a pretty easy matchup for Sneak and Show. Uh, just being able to you know power out emracools before they can really do anything. Uh, and I actually, game two, I, I actually won with Jace, just fate sealing with, uh, Jace because he was able to shut off my, I forget what it was, if he like surgical them or something else, but I basically didn't have a way to get a fatty into play anymore. Uh, but luckily I had Jason play and I just started fate sealing him once I had control. Oh, no, what it was is he he ghost quartered and wastelanded all my all my lands out of existence. <laughs> luckily, I had Jace. <laughs> That's why I couldn't get fatties into play. <laughs> no lands to cash show and tell. Uh, And then after that, I played against goblins, which is not a matchup I was expecting on the day. Our friend Zach no um ah, I'm blanking on the guy's name it was someone I had never met before oh, okay uh he was running a red black goblins list and he wrecked me really like, I got pretty shitty draws i I molded to six game one and also i either six or five game two but like I was talking to him afterwards and he's like yeah it's kind of surprising how close the sneak and show match is with goblins mm, interesting uh, um I mean they kind of play in death and taxes a little bit in that they just get a really fast clock on you, and then they're running disruption like uh, Thalia and uh, stuff like that. But also, he played this thing like Earwig Squad. Have you ever heard of this card? Yeah, we've (laughs) talked about
0: it before. I think Zach well, ran it in his Mog Stompy list.
1: Oh, man, it freaking wrecked me. It's the uh, 5-3 for like three black black, but it has Prowl, two and a black, which means- if you dealt damage with a goblin this turn, you get to play it for two and a black. Mm-hmm. So it's a 5-3 that when it comes into play, search your opponent's library for three cards and exile them. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> so he played that, and he stripped the Emmercools out of my deck. And then Ooh. it's it's a 5-3 coupled with like the goblins he had already played. It, mm-hmm. it was to the point where... If I attacked with Grizzlebrand, even with the seven life gang, he would kill me on the crackback. So I literally could not win the game anymore. Wow. So goblins goblins wrecked me and I was not expecting that. So I was 2-1, decided to play the last round for fun, and I played against Mono Red Sneak Attack, and that's also just kind of a buy. I mean, we're the same deck, except I have Counter Magic and right. trips to spread right. my draws out, so... Um, that that's kinda how it worked. Nice. And uh so you finished in the top eight. Uh, I did finish in the top eight. <laughs> how was how was the prize support? Uh I mean so they so we changed it because there was only eight of us. They uh, decided to pay out to uh top four. Oh cool. So uh, a bit more, well, that's bit more good. incentive. Yeah. Um so anyway, the
0: reason why we even brought this up was we're talking about the at one K on Saturday, uh yeah. which I will also be going to.
1: Yeah, which I'm also glad that I realized I just listed my deck list the day before the tournament. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to play a sneak
0: show anyway, don't lie.
1: No, I'm not. Because, I mean, if it's anything like the last one, they got close to, what, like 200 people show up? Uh, for, for the Etsy one, I don't. That. I wasn't
0: there. I heard it was. I heard they turned it into a into a two K though because it was so well attended. Yeah,
1: it wasn't. I'm exaggerating with two hundred, but yeah, I, I remember there being a lot of people. So yeah, yeah. I'm expecting like at least seven rounds. So. That's awesome! Oh. I can't wait. So I'm gonna play a fair deck so I can you know kind of make the most out of it. Though, of course. All this talk about Jace kind of just makes me want to play Bant. Like, I just want to play, like, four Deathrite Shaman, <laughs> four Noble Hierarchs, and just four Jace and just start cranking them out.
0: <laughs> uh, Yeah, so it should be good. I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, Hopefully we can get a good crew together for dinner afterwards. I hope we get everyone together and get some good food. So uh, look forward to seeing everyone at the 1K. I'm not going to tell anyone what I'm playing because I'm not like Jerry. I'm not going to list out my 75. It's all, all drowsy. <laughs> so go, go in there and crush it um, All right, awesome, Jerry do you have any scoops in the top eight Before we get out of here this week
1: uh, Yeah I want to scoop in scholars games For throwing an awesome tournament Even though it was only the eight of us We still had a blast uh, For And uh, that was it. There's probably someone else that I'm forgetting And I feel bad But <laughs>
0: yeah uh, I'm going to scoop in your computer Jerry For shutting off 20 minutes of the podcast And probably ruining what would have been a great great podcast Thank you for that Uh, also, (laughs) (laughs) uh, also going to scoop in our friend, uh, Alan who emailed us this week. Thanks so, so much for, uh, shooting us an email. We love to hear from people and, uh, and talk about what you guys want to hear. And, uh, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, and, and, uh, scooping to Tom again for coming on last week and, uh, talking about, uh, sideboarding options and also just like, you know, football. I was going to talk to another uh, football, football guy. Yeah, get the football. Uh, all right. Awesome. So uh, if anyone wants to find you, Jerry, they can find you at JME3RD. Uh, you can find me at Pat Uglow on Twitter, uh, twitch.tv slash Pat Uglow. Um, you can find the show on Leaving a Legacy on Facebook. You can find us on Hampshire of the Coast. Uh, the Patreon's leaving is leg- uh, patreon.com slash leavinglegacy, Legacy, blah, 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 blah. All the stuff is in the show notes. Um, Jerry, you have a diet roll? I do Oh we got one Number one Blake Sanford Our friend And she writes Why did the Scarecrow Win a Nobel Prize He was outstanding In his field It's a classic dad joke I love it Love it I don't don't get it Love it
1: Awesome Thanks Blake Please explain What Please explain the joke
0: I hate you Jerry (laughs) (laughs) We're
1: on the chance